Welcome to That Guy Game Reviews, where today we actually have a very special guest joining us. She is a Twitch content creator and the hostess of the Just a Glimpse podcast. Uh, I have actually had a chance to see some of her work, and I will tell you, I am definitely impressed. Welcome, Cool Cat Terry. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing pretty good. Good, good, good. Tell you, you staying sane in the midst of all this craziness going on in the world? Oh, yes. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So uh, why not tell us a little bit about your podcast? All right. Uh, I am not new to doing podcasting. I've been jumping around. I've created some other podcasts for uh, some Discord communities as well as I co-host for a different uh, gaming podcast. I wanted to do one that was just me. One where I didn't have to interview people and uh, didn't have to worry about debating other members of the panel when we have difference of opinion for gaming. So I created just a glimpse so I could just share my thoughts on things that I enjoy, whether it's gaming or anything within pulp culture, to where I could just kind of like be myself and not always have to be in super debate defense mode all the time. So it was just, it's just a great way for me to just do that. And then people can either accept my opinion or they can disagree. And then I'm always open to conversation afterwards. It's just, it's just nice being able to, you know, just share how I feel about stuff you know, openly without having to constantly be attacked because console wars are, are ridiculous. Understatement of the week, if I've ever heard one, I have people telling me, no, this console is superior. No, this one, no, this one, no PC Master Race. And I tell them, guys, gaming is gaming. Doesn't matter if it's on a phone, a console or pen and paper. Gaming is gaming. Exactly. And I'll tell you, I've, I've been in so many heated debates on that. It's not even remotely close to funny. My doctor actually told me, dude, you know, cut back on the debates otherwise your blood pressure is going to go through the roof yeah it gets very stressful very stressful and then uh, and if they're not complaining about what platform you you have a preference to they'll judge you based on what kind of games you like to play and it's just why why can't we just enjoy that we like playing games exactly i mean you you can make the recommendation say hey you know what if you like this you ought to try this but the second they say no you're you're playing this now nah, what's wrong with you and I often reply with the same thing. We don't have enough hours in the day to get into that. <laughs> right? It's it's ridiculous. I just don't understand. Uh, the whole gaming um, like culture community is just, it's very messy. You know, I, I remember growing up, it used to be like, oh, you play games. Cool. What, can, what do you play? And you would go over to like your friend's house or whatever. And you didn't care what, if they had a Sega or a Nintendo, what they had, you don't, you just sat down and you played and you had fun. And today it's like, everything's a competition. I will tell you, I have seen too much of that to the point where I just said, you know what, I'm not getting involved in this. You know, like an old boss of mine used to say, my name's Paul, that's between y'all. <laughs> nice. I got you. So speaking of what people are playing, what are you currently playing right now? I uh, recently started playing It Takes Two. That came out on uh, Friday, so I've been thoroughly enjoying that. I'm a huge uh, fan of, uh, I think it's Hazelight, I think is the publisher that makes that. Uh, they made um, A Way Out as well as A Tale of Two Brothers, and I thoroughly enjoyed both of those games. So I was excited that they're making a new one. So I, I've been playing that one, and, and I love it. Very nice. I will tell you that I've been hearing good things about It Takes Two. I right now have so many games in my backlog, it's not even remotely close to funny. I will tell you that I have been on a huge kick of Tom Clancy's The Division. Okay. Uh, and I will tell you that, you know, I've especially got my little group that I run with. We actually went back to the very first Division. And oh my goodness, to say that that community is still active would be the understatement of the week. 
I know that the uh, the uh, fan base for Division is definitely devoted, and they would have to be. I, mean, I played both of them as well, and like the first game, they had a lot of issues for a long time with the first game with weapons not being balanced and like the the different um, like modifications for your weapons not working and giving you your stats you're supposed to be getting. So for the, right. the fan base to have that much patience is is quite impressive because then you'll have other games that we see that come out and the the fan base doesn't give them time that you know correct it and then the game just dies off and it's sad well i noticed that especially with the division two a lot of folks are really up in arms after what happened at the end of season four uh you know they're going through saying oh they just left it on a bad ending and things like that so supposedly we're supposed to be getting some new content around the june july time frame but I think if Ubisoft doesn't knock that out of the park, Division 2, for all intents and purposes, is dead. Mm. Okay. So. I, I definitely enjoyed playing the first one a lot. I put a lot of time in that when I actually bought it for two different platforms between uh, Xbox and PC. And then the second one, I didn't really like it that much, honestly. I waited until it was on sale, and I bought it for like 8 bucks. <laughs> so definitely, I, I well, can see, I can see you know, why fans may not like it as much. Well, and I will tell you something kind of silly in that regard is that I was one of the ones who bought it on launch day because my uh, my squad and I, we all love Division 1 so much. Division 2, I mean, yeah, it's all right, but there are a lot of elements that they really goofed up on. I honestly think if they took the engine from Division 2 and remade Division 1 with that, I guarantee you it would just rock your socks. All right, yeah, one of my issues... Because the vision is a really cool concept. I like the idea of it. It's just for me, um, I don't like the idea that when they, their idea of difficulty is just making the enemies just more bullet spongy. Is that, that's oh yeah. I don't like that. Like I would rather them actually be like have like a difficulty. You, you can if you want to give you know an enemy more armor or a bigger health bar or whatever. Fine, go for it. If you want to make it to where you have to be more strategic and taking out. Go for it. But if your solution is just to make everything bullet spongy, that's not difficulty. You're just making it more tedious. Because it's not any harder to kill them. It just takes longer doing the same thing. Exactly. So the, if they do manage to make a Division 3, I would love to see them to get, get away from the bullet spongy uh, solution. Because I think for me, that, that kind of kills the game for me. Oh, absolutely. Or, or at least go through and try to balance out some of their weapons. I mean, I've had ones where they throw the their versions of the Seeker Mines or the little uh, flame tar sticky foam. It just, yeesh. Yeah, weapon, I will tell uh, sorry. <laughs> weapon balancing is a huge problem with a lot of shooters. Uh, so, like, a quick pet peeve of mine that I see in a lot of shooters is LMGs are never designed properly for whatever reason a handgun or an smg or any other gun in the game will always do more damage than an lmg and i'm like why it's an lmg an lmg is designed to shoot through an engine block and you're going to tell me a little handgun is going to be more effective it drives me nuts understatement of the week let me tell you i look at that and say okay wait a minute how is it that i have you know, over a hundred rounds of ammunition, but some little wise ass with a little six shooter comes up, puts me down in two hits. That just, 
Ah, that makes me crazy. It makes no sense, especially when um, some of the shooters will base their gun design off of realism and they'll actually put into account what size round your guns are using. So why? why? Just to, I, I, as a game developer out there, I want them to explain why they think a you know a, a nine millimeter round or or whatever is going to hurt more than uh, the big caliber rounds that you know the LMG is using. It just makes no sense. No, agreed, agreed. And speaking of which, I remember you mentioned about a game that you were developing. How's that come along? It's it's a slow process. It's a very slow process. Uh, it's my first game, so I am kind of learning as I go. You know, trying to like self, you know, self teach myself. You know, self taught. So uh, I'm learning a lot and I'm getting things done as I go. So basically, I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. Now, how do I do it? And I research how you do it, and I try to get it to work. But uh, uh, I got the first map completed. I got my op- all the characters and NPCs for that that section completed, and I got the opening like cutscene completed, and I got some side quests done. So I got some progress done. It's just, it's just like it's taken me over 50 hours to get all that kind of little bit stuff done. That's when you when you play the game. It's like okay, I got like five minutes done, <laughs> you know. So it's like oh my gosh. Well, and I will say that, you know, it's a definitely a interesting process. I will also say this as well, that, you know, I'm definitely intrigued to go ahead and see it when it comes up. What type of game is it going to be, if you don't mind me asking? Well, it's going to be, it's kind of, it's kind of going to be a little trippy. It's, uh, we like, uh, my husband and I are working on it together, and we like to say it's the best timeline because it's, we're pulling from a whole bunch of different things. It's basically, it's a fantasy game first. But we're introducing other things so that we have a, a little twist where they're in a fantasy world. So think of like, I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons, for example. So imagine your fantasy setting, but we're introducing like electricity and stuff in there because one, we're making it to where one of the, the deities, you know, has harnessed that power and is giving it to people. So we're, we're creating like our own like timeline that's just like kind of out there. And we wanted to make it more uh, story driven so you can focus more on the characters because uh, I'm a huge fan of RPGs, but one of the biggest flaws with RPGs is they don't focus enough on the characters that you're playing. They focus more on trying to give you busy work, making you go and do a lot of fetch questing or like a lot of filler stuff. And so, yeah, you're, you're getting playtime in, but you're not really getting that much connection with characters or anything like that. So. We're trying to make it more story driven so you can have more of the humor and stuff. And we want to make it more adult themed as well. Because another thing that I like to call out on RPGs or any uh, games like, like that would be like like Pokemon or anything like that is whenever you go into someone's house, they're always super friendly about it. And then what do you do? You start stealing all their stuff in their house and then they don't care. And I'm like, this would not happen in a real life setting. So we want to make it to where people would respond more like they would in real life to, you know, make the game a little bit better so people can actually, I think that's going to help people resonate with it when it's not the super, you know, fake atmosphere that most games have. Like, oh, hey, you just broke into my house. Oh, hey, you just stole all my stuff from my bedroom. Come again. You know, I just, I just hate that. I hate seeing that in every single game. So I like, I'm not doing that. So I want to be different. Hey, that's the best way to do it. You know, break the mold, as they say. Yes. 
so uh, what type of engine are you using? Is it the, are you using ones like an Unreal Engine, a Snowdrop? Uh, no, I want to learn how to use Unity, but I need to, oh, I need to learn a lot before I can use Unity. So just so I can kind of learn some of this stuff, I'm starting off with just RPG Maker just to get started so I can kind of learn how things work as I take classes and stuff to learn how to use Unity. And then I'll probably just remake the stuff into Unity later. Nice. Now, well, definitely when once that comes up, I am definitely looking forward to seeing that work coming through and wanting to go ahead and actually be one of the first ones on there. So definitely I'll be staying tuned to things like the posts and whatnot, because I want to make sure that, you know, hey, as a fellow content creator, I want to make sure that, you know, you got full back. I, I appreciate that. You know, I try to I try to, you know, branch out where I can. And, you know, I like to stay busy. I'm not one that can I, I have to stay busy it's just the way I am. So. I usually take on extra tasks, whether it's my streams or, you know, podcasting and now, you know, game development. Like I have to stay busy. And I, and I think it works too, because as a content creator, I, I feel like content creators are kind of like a jack of all trades. There's so much different stuff you have to learn how to do if you want to, you know, be serious about the craft, whether it's learning how to edit videos or, uh, you know, getting different designs and things together, marketing. Um, all kinds of different things. You you wear a lot of different hats uh, when you when you make content versus you're not you're not just sitting in a chair and talking to some people online. You, you, there's a lot you have to do behind the scenes. Uh, so it's just a way for me to continuously grow and learn new skills that I might be able to apply back into content creation later as well. Absolutely. Well, I will say that you know I personally I'm coming up on one year of my podcast, That Guy Game Reviews, and I. For the most part, I still have no idea what the hell I'm doing, but I am having a blast while I'm doing so. So uh, any words of advice you'd have for uh, those who are looking at podcasting down the road? Oh, man, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to do. Uh, find that niche that, that you really enjoy, you know, whether you want to make a podcast about gaming stuff or if you want to do something on like the business side if you want you know or maybe food related if you want to just talk about recipes or you know or talk about your favorite beer you know find whatever your passion is and just have fun with it just have fun be comfortable um try not to i, I try to say i uh, try to make sure you, you you you're you sound like yourself you know you don't want to make it sound too scripted because you know it's, it's just more fun when people you know feel like they're just sitting down and listening to someone talk in their living room versus sounding like it's, you know, listen to like a news recording, you know what I mean? True, true. Yeah, and I will tell you that I'm looking forward to seeing all the different podcasts coming up here. Still trying to figure out, you know, what other ideas I want to put in here, you know, trying to branch out myself. So I'm right there with you in that particular regard. All right, now here comes a big question for you. The $6 million question, as they say, what would you say is the best game you purchased and what would you say is the worst game you purchased? <laughs> uh, well, the worst game is easier because that ha- that was pretty recent. Uh, <laughs> I would say, you know, Cyberpunk definitely was the worst game I purchased. Uh, I feel like most people probably feel that way now because that was such, <laughs> like a, you know, overly hyped, like, game that everybody was you know expecting to be like the best thing ever because like hey they made the witcher series what could go wrong and then and then everything went wrong <laughs> but uh, uh my best game i ever purchased um 
I know I'm gonna get flagged for it, but I I thoroughly I really did enjoy Anthem so much. I actually like I had been struggling for years trying to find something that I could make my main game, and Anthem was it. Like I finally found a game that I could sit there and play day in and day out and not get bored with. Because usually I play a game for a couple weeks and I kind of get over it and I move on. That was the first one where I could just keep doing the same thing over and over, and I didn't bother me. And it was, you know, so I wanted to keep doing it. But then, the, you know, the player base drops. So then it was like, well, I guess I'm not playing this no more. Uh, so it was disappointing. But I, I mean, I thoroughly loved it for what it was. Uh, I'm someone who never really cares about loot. And I know that was like the main thing that, you know, drove the player base away was people cared more about loot. And I'm like, I play the game because the gameplay was fun. The flight mechanics were amazing. You know, it was just a lot of fun. I didn't care about what the loot was, you know. So I just, I just had a different, you know, outlook on the game than uh, I would say, like the majority. And that's always been one thing that really kind of sc- made me scratch my head. I mean, folks are all about, you know, I mean, I would say I've gone against a number of credit card players where they just dump millions of dollars into uh, trying to get all the best loot, and you know, I tell them like, guys. Um, I mean, sure, I'll buy the season pass, but outside of that, I'm not dropping any real world currency because, you know, number one, it just doesn't make any sense. And number two, my better half would probably come up and slap me upside the back of the head. Yeah, like some people just really like doing all that grinding and they like the satisfaction that they got something that's rare. I, I can understand that, but I I feel a lot of the a lot of them are meta gamers and I mean, I don't care about meta builds. You know, I don't want to have the one best gun in the game and the best armor in the game. And because then you, everybody has the same thing if you're all playing against other people who want to go meta. And then it's, it gets boring then because you no longer have any kind of originality to your play style. You're all playing identical to each other. And I just, it doesn't appeal to me at all. And in all honesty, I think that's the problem with a lot of the MMOs is that everybody's looking for the same gun, for the same armor, uh, for the same gear pieces. I mean, after a while, before you know it, everybody just starts cheesing the whole thing and it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I will tell you, as somebody who's been on that, not just with Anthem, but with The Division, with Destiny, uh, even with Elder Scrolls Online, everybody's just looking for the same bits of equipment and then before you know you got people throwing around racial slurs like they're nothing let's tell guys we don't play that way yeah it's just uh like my husband destiny is his like only game that he wants to play is destiny and he can't stand all of the meta players that are in destiny like majority of destiny players are meta players and he's like why you don't need to have the you know the, the this weapon that some youtuber said was the best thing and now it's meta even the developers themselves have come out multiple times and said that's not the best weapon but because big youtubers claim it is no one cares and i'm like if you're not going to take the developer's word for it then, then i don't even know anymore you're like you guys are just getting ridiculous but then you go and if they're going into a say like the crucible and everyone's using the same two guns i mean that's just boring like how how are you having fun fighting against another team is using the exact two weapons you use because now you all have to play the, the, the same way and you can't really combat each other because you're doing the same thing and it's just it's like it's just you've destroyed any way for you guys to have like a strategic you know team and you know and, and switch out your gameplay 
uh like so like my husband he'll he'll go out of his way finding like uh let's say like blue rarity weapons and things that people think are no good because they're not meta and he'll come up with ways to you know switch the different um I don't know if they call them mods. I don't play Destiny, but like, I know like certain guns, you pick certain things on them to change what kind of benefits they have. Uh, so he'll right. go, and he'll play around with stuff, and he'll find different. And he, he likes to say that he's 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 making meta killers because he'll try to find, you know, worthless weapons people you know don't think about that he can combat the, the meta players with, and he just has a lot of fun being like, yeah, I just destroyed these meta players with this crappy blue gun. And I'm like, okay, you know, you, it gives him, you know, gives him purpose, I guess. But yeah, it's like that, that, that just shows that everyone's playing with the same thing the same way. Then they're not ready for that one person who decides to not do that and they switch it up. Then they or they don't know how to react to that. And, you know, so maybe, maybe don't play like everybody else and play like yourself and have more fun. Exactly. And then, of course, you know, when you legit beat somebody in a in a 1v1, rather than going through and saying, hey, you got me well played, the first thing they're doing is they're saying, this person's oh, cheating, yes. this person's using, using quarterbacks. Oh, my Lord. I will tell you, I have had my share of those. And at that point, I'm just like, you know what? This is not worth me raising my blood pressure. <laughs> I agree. People, people have forgotten that video games were made so people could just have fun, you know, find a place and new, you know, characters, new environments to kind of escape, you know, reality and just have fun and, you know, have new stories that you can interact with versus watching a movie. Now everything is competition and they just, they've kind of, they've lost, they've lost what gaming is about. Absolutely. And it's just, it's sad. I mean, I will tell you, yes, I have gone through, there's points where I get competitive, but I don't go through, I don't let it sour my day. You know, if somebody beats me in a straight fight, I'll, I'll tell them, you know, hey, good round. Or I'll even make a joke out of saying, hey, did you get the number of that freight train? That <laughs> Which is a good way to go about it. Because, yeah, some people take it too close to heart. And they're like, you know, if they lose a match or whatever, then they, you know, next thing you know, they're, they're sending you messages on Xbox or whatever platform you play on, you know, you know calling your names and stuff and all this and like dude you it's a game have fun and there's always going to be some other person that's going to be better than you you're never going to be the number one gamer of this game you need to just relax all right exactly accept it now i will tell you that you know in all honesty there have been some good benefits on those mmos namely you know, some of the friends I've made. I mean, I will tell you that I've met some of my closest friends on there. And we've all said that once COVID is over and done with, we're going to be going through, we're going to link up somewhere. We're all going to go have a couple of drinks, you know, try to see what the world out there has to offer, see how the other half That's lives. That's pretty cool. Like uh, um, one of my best friends that I uh, have, I met him eight years ago in uh, the game Defiance. I don't know if you're familiar with it. But it, it was an MMO. It was an MMO yes. uh, back in the day. And yeah, like ever since playing that, you know, like that, you know, that, that game, even though they're, sh- uh, they, they're shutting down the server, sadly, um, after eight years uh, due to, you know, the player base just isn't there. Um, but I mean, they still have the accomplishment of saying that they made a game that, you know, survived for eight years. You know, there's plenty of AAA games today that can't even last three months. So it's just sad though seeing it you know get shut down we went back and played through it again just for like the last hoorah and to have like the nostalgic feeling of okay this is where our friendship started let's play through it again and it was just fun and it, and it when we got to the ending and we kind of like 
paid respects, you know, to the game, like your final send off, you know, good memories and whatnot. It was, it was a little emotional because like that game, you know, it has a lot of sentimental value because, you know, we created such a great bond, you know, because of that game, you know, allowing us the chance to meet up for the first time. So it was just, you know, it's going to be missed for sure. Absolutely. And I will tell you when those servers start shutting down, I know it's going to be a, it's going to be a damn hard day because, you know, you forge those connections. I mean, you know, it's even to the point now where my better half knows the names of the guys in my squad. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I feel like it's, it's a different appreciation too when it happens to your game. Cause you don't really understand when you hear about like, Oh, some games getting shut down that you don't play, you know, big deal. But then when it happens to your game and it hits you, it's, it's different. Like I couldn't even imagine uh, people who have put 15 years into wow. If WoW ever decided, you know what, we're done, you know, like that would be heartbreaking for so many people. Indeed. And I believe they're still going through, they're still chugging along. I thought I had seen something about them going through and actually saying, hey, we're going to drop another expansion pack. Yeah, like WoW's very successful and they're doing a great job. The thing that I find kind of interesting is the fact that they just keep adding to their old game. Like I know they have, they made like a different version, but then the fans weren't happy. So they went back with something called, they think they call it vanilla or whatever. I don't know. I don't play WoW. But uh, I always found it interesting that they just keep adding to the old game. So the game, yeah, they got, they, they, they're keeping the content coming out to keep the fans happy, which is great, but they can't really make the game better because that game is 15 years old. You know, the fact that they, you know, Very true. why not just make a sequel, you know, like, like Guild Wars, Guild Wars has been around forever and they just make sequels so they can continue it, you know, uh, so they can, you know, upgrade graphics and use new engines and stuff and get, you know, better, you know, server stability than using things that are super outdated. Um, so, yeah, I'm just surprised that we don't have like a WoW 2, you know? I'm sure if they, if there's enough of a demand for it, I'm pretty sure they would release one. If you look, imagine how WoW would look, you know, if they made it for what we have now, you know, for, for, for hardware. You know, like it, it would be, it would be a crazy thing, you know, crazy, crazy looking game. It'd be, it'd be, I would like to see it, you know, even though I don't play well, I would like to see a modernized WoW playing on the hardware we have today versus the, you know, kind of blocky cartoony one that they have, you know, it'd be, it'd just be, I don't know. I think it'd be eye candy, honestly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you see that everybody would be drooling over it. And then next thing you know, everybody's uh, looking saying, give me the new copy yeah, of WoW. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been there for those uh, as somebody who's worked in a gaming store for about five years, his first five years out of high school. Holy smokes. You know, people get people get nuts. I will tell you, people I mean, definitely yeah, get nuts. I mean, they'll always be sentimental about change because they, you know, when it comes to like the original. But look at all of these games that get remastered, and how like how much joy it brings people. I mean, look at Final Fantasy VII. All right, like that game looked rough. <laughs> if you go back to the original and what they did with the newer one, and and it, w- it was very well received by the fan base even though they made some changes 
the fan base was still pleased with it. So they could still do a good job without making the fan base angry, you know? So it would be nice to see them do it, you know? So I'm like, I just don't know why they still haven't done it. Like, I guess, I mean, the, the money's still flowing in, so I guess they don't really feel pressure to do it, but I don't know. No, absolutely. And that's the biggest thing is as long as you keep your fan base happy, they're going to keep their wallets open. But the second you piss off the fan base is like, good night, Lucille. That's all she wrote. So it's, it's tricky. It's tricky because, yeah, some some games when they make sequels or remasters, they're just dreadful. Uh, you know, like, you know, um, some of the Gears of War games or even like for Mass Effect, like everybody, you know, was very upset about Andromeda. So, I mean, th- th- there is that risk that they probably don't want to risk taking um, with, you know, making their fans so upset that they would lose everything. So, I mean, it's it's tough, though. It's tough. I, I, I'm glad I'm not, you know, in the uh, board, you know, having to make those decisions. We go, we continue to go the, the route where we focus on the money, or do we go on the route where we try to make it better and see what happens? You know, possibly, you know, sh- you know blow our franchise up completely. You know, it's, it's tough. Well, I mean, you know, let's take, for example, let's take a look at Anthem, you know, kind of circle back on that. They initially had a huge overhaul plan for it. I mean, they were going to make it damn near a brand new game. And then all of a sudden some big wig over at EA decides, no, we're going to take those resources and we're going to move everybody over to the new Dragon Age project. And I'm kind of thinking, okay, you guys have a potential for something here. A lot of folks picked up the game dirt cheap. I know when I got it, I paid only five bucks for it because I caught it during the Black Friday sale. And all of a sudden now everybody's just out there looking at EA with that side eye asking, okay, did you guys just get lobotomized for no good reason or what gives? I mean, I hope that somewhere down the road they look at and say hey you know what let's go ahead and let's proceed on that anthem 2.0 because i'm pretty sure that they still have a lot of a lot of work that's already done on it and you know if anything it probably was just down to the finishing touches and then some knucklehead with who's holding the purse strings is looking at it just saying no nah, i don't think that's a worthwhile project I'm thinking dude you know you got a shot making some money here you know for all we know the whole Dragon Age project could just completely peter out. And when it does, they're going to be kicking themselves in the head. Yeah, I will tell you that Fire right now. kind of in a... They got their back against the wall right now because Andromeda was not good for them. And then Anthem was not good for them with when it comes to like the public, you know, and all the negative criticisms they got within the media. So... So now they're at this thing where like, okay, we got to put everything into Dragon Age. And they they do because they've, they've had two failures in a row. And uh, I've, I've seen a lot of different uh, gamers discuss whether or not if, if Dragon Age, the new Dragon Age is a flop, we might see the end of Bioware. Uh, so, which would be sad because they've made so many amazing games. Uh, but... You know, I'd hate to see it in, but Anthem, though, like, they had some great stuff, because I, I think it was Chris Daly, I think, was the guy who was in charge for a while. Uh, he was always sharing stuff on his on his personal Twitter of what things, different concepts and things that they were going to do to make Anthem great. And, like, the stuff was just amazing to see that all that hard work just kind of got, like, scrapped. Like, yeah, whatever, we're just going to move on. Like, that's, that kind of stinks, man. Like, 
I guess that's how the business goes. But I mean, that would be hard for me, pouring my heart into a project and a passion about, and then somebody up top says, "Yeah, well, your passion's dead. Throw it away. Let's start on a different one now." And I'm like, that that'd be rough. Well, and kind of circling in on that, you just got me thinking.、Um, let's take, for example,、uh, Konami. You know, the guys who did ones like Contra and Castlevania. We haven't really seen much in the way of a title out of either one of those two franchises. I'm not counting Rogue Corps because Rogue Corps just was horrendous, and that's just that's putting it mildly. But I mean, you would think about it; they'd say, "Hey, you know, if we're not doing anything with the IP, let's go through, let's maybe shop it out to a couple other studios, maybe see if they can do something on that to get a little bit of extra money yeah, in our and, pockets."、Uh, I would love. I mean, I haven't. Pl- I've only played a couple of the Castlevania games. I, I played like the, some like the real old ones back on like NES, and then I played some of the newer ones at the, the、right. that were like a third person, and they they were great. Like I really enjoyed it.、Uh, so I I would love to see a new thing, but I think now like the new, the the new genre that everyone's kind of doing is the Metroidvania stuff, where they just kind of want to have things that make people remember those old games and not actually make the old ones anymore. No, no, no. Agreed. And I mean, I don't mind the Metroidvanias because I know that'll keep me busy for a while. But at the same time, they've got to do something out there. I mean, if you look at it,、uh, that one Bloodstained was done by the same guy who produced Symphony of the Night, which I will tell you, not bad games in their own setups. But you're not really seeing a lot of those now. You want to, you're trying to see a lot of folks saying, "Hey, give me something that's just flash in the pan," and You know that doesn't really work. I mean, you want something that's going to have folks playing and continuing to play. But then again, that's just me. That's my opinion. Like, like you say, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, like I, I just, I don't know how the like I said because it's usually then they have to deal with like the the CEOs and their investors and stuff on deciding what projects are going to get worked on, and. A lot of these companies have amazing franchises and things that you know IPs that they own that they haven't touched in forever. I mean, look at look at Ubisoft, right? Splinter Cell is、uh, a franchise they haven't done anything with in a long time.、Uh, the fan base is always wanting to see something about them making a new Splinter Cell. They never do it. They just keep slapping Sam Fisher as a cameo character in every other game that they make,、um, and it's like. Why don't you just make that another another Splinter Cell game? Because you clearly have、uh, an outcry for it.、So、you know it would sell. It's not like it's like it's not like you don't hear anybody talking about this game, and you're just gonna slap something and no one's gonna buy it. You know people are gonna buy it. You you see them all over social media,、um, you know, going on about how bad they want it. So you 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 see the statistics. You know it will sell, and they just don't do it. And I just don't understand. Well, I mean, then again, thinking about that for just half a second, this is Ubisoft we're talking about. I mean, looking at one of the biggest things where they made the news was where they, I believe, it was their China division, where they were trying to give their employees mugs, but for some odd reason, they put the handle on the inside. Ah,、yes. uh, I feel like that is probably more the manufacturer's fault. You know what I mean? Because、uh, I feel like Ubisoft probably saw. You know, an example of what they were going to get. They wrote a check, and then when they moved on from it, and then they ended up getting taking all the heat for it.、Um, 
but uh i don't know it's just there's a, there's a lot of companies out there that have ips that they don't really do anything with you know like uh um like for me i, I love racing games for example uh the driver franchise is one of my favorites as is uh the test drive series and atari atari oh, you know hasn't done crap at any of those um and then eventually later atari branched out with driver and gave it over to ubisoft so atari and ubisoft both haven't done anything with driver uh and atari hasn't done anything with test drive i would love to see test drive come back those games are awesome um, oh absolutely i would love to see test drive make a return uh driver for sure because i remember playing the first one and that was a hell of a lot of fun i you know there's times where i would go through i played through that game three or four times in a single yeah, week just, they have amazing stuff or uh midnight club there's a huge outcry within the racing community they want midnight club to make a comeback that's not happening you know so it's it's just like why you know why you have you have ips that are money makers and you're just letting them sit there It, it makes no damn sense. I mean, you know, you, and I think a lot of studios are guilty of that, you know, not just Ubisoft and Capcom, but there are franchises out there where, you know, all they're saying is, you know, hey, let me get in there, you know, and these are franchises that, you know, I guarantee would make money hand over fist, you know, but the guys who hold the IPs for them, they're just kind of shrugging their shoulders and saying, yeah, yeah it is what it is. It is dumb. And it's just, it is it's dumb. dumb. They're definitely more focused on the ones they have that are, you know, still bringing in the money. But yeah, it's just, uh, it hurts. It hurts when you're a fan and you, you, you know, and you can't see something else continue to, to thrive. And, you know, they just let it sit there. It just, it staggers the imagination. Uh, so one quick question for you here. Uh, what's the next big game that you're looking at picking up? Uh, big game? Uh, I've been waiting for Far Cry 6. <laughs> so, but uh, the next game I'm going to be getting is going to be MLB The Show, though, because that's finally coming to Xbox, and I'm excited because uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it on PlayStation, nice. but I, I do most of my gaming on Xbox, so to be able to have it over there is just going to be more convenient for me. So I'm happy to see that. But when it comes to big game, uh, Far Cry 6 is the one that I'm, I'm wanting the most. But I'm, I mean, most games because of COVID and everything, pretty much all the games that were supposed to come out this year aren't good. They're not going to come out this year. And I will tell you, it's like, you know, guys, go through, you know, deal with COVID so we can go through, we can start getting back to something remotely uh, resembling normal. One of the normal. good things, though, I mean, I don't want to say that COVID has a good side, but one of the good things is that because it's created this dry spell on gaming, I've actually been able to work on my backlog for the last four months, so that's been a good thing. Because uh, I've, I've had plenty of games I, you know, that I've been wanting to get to, but then you know, three more new games come out, and then you're like, well, I'll start this one, and then three more new games come out, and you're just it's like, I can't keep up. So I, I've been able to get through some of my other stuff, which was, has been nice. Indeed, indeed, I will tell you. So with this right here, you know, I think, you know, you and I would definitely been waxing poetic on here. So I'm going to go ahead, throw things over to you, you know, tell tell my listeners where they can find you, what, you know, Twitch stream, what podcast, whichever right. channels well, they want to reach out to you. I stream on Twitch. Uh, just look up Cool Cat Terry, all one word. 
I'm there pretty much every single day except for Sundays. Uh, so, you know, I play a wide range of games. I, I love RPGs and I love racing games, but I do dabble in a lot of other things as well. So it's good fun. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter. I believe it's, I think that one might have the underscore. So that might be cool cat underscore Terry, I think there. Otherwise, uh, I'm on Instagram. I have, see here, I have my own podcast on Anchor that you can find, you know, on Spotify and everywhere else uh, called Just a Glimpse. Uh, so go ahead and you can listen to that. And I tend to have a lot of unpopular opinions when it comes to gaming. So if you want to hear something kind of different, you know, that, you know, you might not be expecting, you can definitely find it there. Um, as well as I do do some rants from time to time too that people find comical. Uh, so you can go ahead and you can check those out as well. Most definitely. Well, Terry, I will tell you, it has been an absolute thrill having you on the show. I definitely look forward to doing some future collaborations with you, but uh, definitely thank you for taking time to speak with me. I know you and I, we've been kind of dancing back and forth with schedules, but you know, the fact that we're able to get this thing taken care of, you know, that just All means, right. hey, thank you so here's much to for, the future. You know, giving me the opportunity to be here and to talk with you. I really had some uh, good enjoyment from it. Absolutely. Well, folks, you know, definitely check her out. She's awesome. You know, she's a phenomenal human being and one hell of a content creator. Uh, as always, you know, y'all be safe, be good to one another. This is Sean from That Guy Game Reviews. We'll see you next time.